what they know about them Texas boys. You're listening to the most dangerous show in Texas, Fight Night on 104.9 The Horn. Wherever you are, wherever you may be, it is now Fight Night. Welcome to Fight Night. And tonight we are not on 104.9 The Horn. Uh, This week the Longhorns are playing baseball, so we are not going to be on this week. But we're going to be right here, uh, right here on Apple, on iTunes, on Spotify. Uh, but guys, it's a good week. Eddie Cross is not here. He is. He's just off his cruise. Uh, I just got off my cruise. Uh, Jordan Walber, you can find me at Fight Night. You can find us both at Fight Night ATX on Twitter, on Instagram, on Facebook. Uh, you can find me at Nonstop MMA. And uh, if Eddie was here, he would tell you that you could find him at uh, Eddie Experience 1E in the middle. Uh, guys, we're going to have a, a fun time tonight. We're going to talk. We're going to talk the GOAT debate. The GOAT debate has heated up a lot since UFC 285. I was gone. I didn't have a chance to, to talk about John Jones winning the heavyweight title. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit about uh, this the fights this past weekend. Uh, Marab Devalshvili versus Piotr Jan. Uh, UFC Fight Night 221. We're going to talk Bellator. I think it's 292. We're going to get a little bit of news. And then we're going to break down UFC 286 London this week. As we get on the road, we are on the road to UFC San Antonio. Cheeto Vera versus Marlon Vera. Uh, Cheeto Marlon Vera versus Corey Sandhagen, excuse me, happening on uh, on March 25th at the AT&T Center. There's still tickets left. Eddie and I will both be in the building. Uh, so if you're there, please let us know. We'd love to come meet you. Uh, but just real quick. So I listened to the show last week. Eddie Cross, Stu Myrick, Stu Myrick from Sports Guys Talking Wrestling. Uh, he actually, he's going to be on the show later today. He talked to Sean Merriman. Uh, Sean Merriman has a Lights Out promotion. That's coming up in, in a few weeks. Stu Myrick talked to him at, uh, at Super Bowl uh, Radio Row. And so we are going to hear from uh, Stu Myrick and Sean Merriman. But uh, Stu Myrick and Eddie Cross last week. Uh, they did a great job. They broke down UFC 285. I listened to it from the uh, deck of a pool or deck of a cruise ship, and uh, I-, I wanted to defend myself. So there were some times when they were talking about my cruise, and, the, and and Stu was asking Eddie, why was my wife not there? Is, is there an issue? Do my parents have an issue with her? They don't. Everything is fine. Uh, and, and like I told Eddie before, which Eddie was not able to communicate to Stu, so my parents, who are about they're 80 years old, uh, they take their grandkids on a, a 10-year-old trip when their kids turn 10. I'm the youngest of four boys, and now um, my kids are the youngest kids. And so my grandparents, who are now a little bit older, a little bit slower, uh, they wanted to take them to Mexico. And uh, and so we decided that, uh, you know, if they're going to take the kids to Mexico, I probably should go with them, just be a chaperone, just be there uh, to help them and, and support them uh, when they're trying to get dressed in the morning, when they're eating, and just, just things just to be around, especially when they were in Mexico. And my wife, yeah, definitely could have gone, uh, but we decided that, you know, if my wife went, I went, then it, it doesn't really become a grandparents trip. It just becomes a uh, a mom and dad trip with the grandparents as well. So I paid for my own room. I I, I got myself out there. And I, I just kind of hung out and uh, and was available, but it really was supposed to be about uh, the girls and my grandparents or my parents and, and their grandparents. So that was the cruise. Uh, but I want to talk about the goat debate. Uh, that's been the conversation over the last two weeks. John Jones, he wins the heavyweight title, and and now the conversation is John Jones the goat. And and really, there's two ways to look at it. It's do we put the infraction? Do we put the asterisk next to John Jones for winning uh, the for having the failed uh, test? For this conversation, I'm going to take that out, right? We're not going to talk about the failed test. We're just going the greatest of all time. And when you look at the GOAT conversation, there's a handful of names that come into mind. To me, I think John Jones, 
I think Anderson Silva, I think Khabib, I think uh, George St. Pierre, and I think Demetrius Johnson. So like I said, we're not talking about failed tests, uh, but I think if you look at the numbers alone, right, uh, you look at Khabib, you look at uh, Anderson Silva. I, I just want to kind of go through the numbers. So Khabib's record, 30-0. and UFC record, he was 13-0. and He had four title fights, 4-0 and in those title fights, had three title defenses. Uh, you got Anderson Silva, 34-11-1. In the UFC, he was 17-7-1. He had 13 title fights, 11 wins, two losses. Eddie does not like hearing about those two losses. Those were to Chris Weidman. Uh, obviously, not the best there. Uh, and then he had 10 title defenses. Uh, you had Demetrius Johnson, 31-4-1, and 15-3 and and in the UFC. Uh, excuse me. I think it was 15-2 and two in the UFC. And that was, and then, the, and then the draw to Ian McCall. Um, I'm trying to think. Henry Cejudo, you had the Dominic Cruz loss. You had the Ian McCall draw. And then he's got the loss to Adriano Moraes. I, I, I want to say that's it. I can't, I can't think off the top of my head right now what, the, what that last, if, the, if there's another loss there. Um, but he is major title fights, 16 fights. That includes the one. And you went 13-3 and three in those title fights, 11 title defenses. That was in the UFC. He did have that loss, right, to Adrian Rice where he got knocked out by the knee. Um, and then he did be able to, you know, he got that back. And now he's the champion of flyweight right now. Uh, GSP, 26-2, and 20-2, and uh, major title fights, 15. He's 13-2 and two in those. Lost to Matt Sarah, lost to Matt Hughes. Nine title defenses. And then we get to John Jones. John Jones is 27-1-1. and one and one. The one loss, obviously, is the Matt Hamill loss. Not really a loss, but it was. It's on the record book. He went down 12-6 to six elbows on him. Uh, the, the one, the asterisk one, is the picograms, and that's the, the failed test. We'll talk about that later. Uh, 16 major title fights, 15-0-1 in those title fights, 11 title defenses. So to me, right off the top, when you look, when you look at the numbers, I think you have to remove, I mean, you got to remove Anderson Silva uh, because of the, the two losses, just but also the 11 losses in general. Uh, after he lost the title, just the, it didn't go great for him. Uh, I also think you, you take out Khabib. Khabib is great, but Khabib has like 13 UFC fights total. 13-0, which is great, but he fought so many different places for so long. And, and you know, you look at uh, DJ and GSP and John, you know, they've got more title fights than Khabib has just fights alone in the UFC. 30-0 is impressive, but unfortunately, it, it doesn't, doesn't work for us here in the greatest of all time conversation. So I think that leaves us with three people. We got Demetrius Johnson, John Jones, and George St. Pierre. Uh, DJ and John, they've got the same number. Well, I guess, yeah, the same number of title fights just in general. That includes one for one FC for DJ. Uh, but DJ did lose three of those fights. He lost the Henry Cejudo fight. He lost the Dominic Cruz fight. And he lost the Adriana Moraes fight. Uh, when it comes to John, right, I mentioned that before. John had um, the no contest. That's to Daniel Cormier because he failed for the picogram. Uh, he had a picogram of turnable. And I guess that you, you look at that now. So, so John Jones has come out that he would like that his that that no contest over Daniel Cormier, which was a head kick knockout, he thinks that should be overturned uh, because today USADA has changed the science that a test with under 100 picograms per milliliter would no longer result in a positive test. So if that happened today, if John Jones, when he fought Cyril Ghan at UFC 285, had the same amount of picograms of Turinabal when he fought him and that popped up in a test, 
we wouldn't even hear about it. It wouldn't fail a test. Uh, but under this premise, we're, we're just saying that doesn't matter, right? Because we're saying it doesn't matter about the failed test. So uh, anyways, I think right head to head, John beats out DJ. So that leaves us with George St. Pierre and John Jones. Both won belts in two divisions. GSP, GSP never defended the middleweight title. And we expect we do expect John Jones to defend the heavyweight title against Stipe later this summer or or maybe this fall. We're not sure yet if that's we, we assume that's gonna happen. We don't know how much longer John will be around after that, but that is the assumption right now is that that's where John Jones uh, will will defend a second title belt. But I think it comes down to like the opponents that uh, that George St. Pierre and John Jones had because I think it's pretty close when it comes down to it, uh, even though uh, you know John Jones in the UFC. 20, both had 22 fights, it looks like, in the UFC. Uh, GSP is 20 and 2. John Jones is 21 and 1 and 1. Uh, I guess that's 23 for uh, for John Jones, 22 for a GSP. And and so if you look at who the opponents were, uh, GSP, obviously, he had the Michael Bisbing win, Johnny Hendricks, Nick Diaz. These are all title fights. And I'm only looking at title fights uh, for each of these guys. Michael Bisbing, Johnny Hendricks, Nick Diaz, Carlos Condit, Jake Shields, Josh Koscik, Dan Hardy, Tago Alves, BJ Penn, John Fitch, Matt Sarah, Matt Hughes, Matt Sarah, uh, Matt Hughes, Matt Hughes. So, and he lost the Matt Hughes fight. He uh, he got revenge. He he won that fight back against Matt Hughes later on. He lost to Matt Sarah, who was kind of you know he was you know he had a I think a a nine and four record when he fought Matt Sarah. Uh, or excuse me, Matt Sarah had a 9-4 record when he fought GSP. He won tough to get the title shot. Very surprising, obviously, that he won. And then he he finished him in that rematch there. And and you look at like the people. So Matt Hughes, 45 and 9 when when overall his record. So uh very impressive. 42 and 5 when he fought uh George St. Pierre the final time, 36 and 4 the first time, 41 and 4 the second time, 42 and 5 the third time. Uh BJ Penn. We know BJ Penn's history since, like in, in the later years, he kept fighting and he kept losing and it was sad. Uh, now he's fighting people at in parking lots, par- parking lots of Hawaiian uh, bars. Uh, not the greatest, uh, you know, post future for, um, for George St. Pierre, but you look at I me, mean, Michael Bisming, it was his second to last fight. Johnny Hendricks was three and six after he fought uh, GSP. He did actually win the belt afterwards. Uh, you had Nick Diaz who, uh, Fought him kind of on name. Uh, Carlos Condit was the inner kind of inner kind of the IC uh, interim champion uh, coming in there. Jake Shields was the Strike Force champion. But you look at like Josh Koscheck, Dan Hardy, Tago Alves, and and I know that they were like the number one contenders. But I look at like who they fought. I, I think Josh Koscheck he beat uh, who was it? Paul Daly, right? I think that was the title eliminator. Um, I think I did. Who did, uh, I think Jake Shields, did he beat like Martin Campman to get the uh, the title fight? He was coming in from Strike Force, and, and so he kind of got shotgun to the title. Um, Tiago Alves, I mean, each of these guys, I think he, he beat Matt Hughes. But besides like BJ Penn, and I mean, I was, I was looking at like John Fitch. John Fitch beat like a guy, Chris Wilson, in order for him to get to the title. Diego Sanchez before that. Uh, I mean, these are, are good fighters, but if I, I compare them to the guys that John Jones fought. And when he fought them, uh, I will tell you though, there the numbers don't don't lie, right? So if you take away the num like the repeat fighters, so uh, Matt Sarah, Matt Hughes, Matt Hughes, those they, they take those records out, and you just look at the records when GSP fought them, the final time for those guys, and then everyone else, 
it accumulates to 264 wins, 55 losses, four no contest or draws or whatever it was, an 81% winning an 81% winning percentage uh, for his fighters. Actually, he's going to be better than John's winning percentage for the, his opponents at the time that they fought him. So if I look at John Jones' opponents, uh, Cyril Gan, former inter, uh, interim champion at heavyweight, uh, he was 11-1. Dominic Reyes was 12-0. Uh, Tiago Santos, uh, he was 21-6 at the time. That was a split decision. And Anthony Smith, that was, he had a lot of fights. But you look at like Alexander Gustafson, Daniel Cormier. Daniel Cormier, you, I would put up Daniel Cormier up against anybody that George St. Pierre fought. And I would say that Daniel Cormier was better than anyone any one single person, better than Matt Sarah, better than Matt Hughes. Uh, a, it's a better name on his resume than any single person. Even BJ, I would put Daniel Cormier ahead of as as opposed to as, as far as value. Um, I mean, then you got like the OSPs out there. You got the Glover who, you know, he went on to win a title later. Uh, I would say, you know, Chael obviously didn't deserve to have the title shot. He fought on tough. Um, Vitor. Rashad Evans, former champion. Leota Machida, former champion. And, and still tough when he fought John Jones. Uh, Rampage, former champion. He was past his prime. Shogun, obviously Shogun still fought this last, I mean, this year. Um, he wasn't past his prime. I mean, he had just won the title. And so he got the belt off of him. So John Jones' opponents, 288 wins, 71 losses, two no contest or draws. And uh, that was the record going into the fight with John Jones. A 79.7 is almost an 80% winning percentage. So GSP actually does edge him out just a little bit when it comes to winning percentage of his opponents. So his opponent, his opponents had a better winning percentage than John Jones did. Uh, but if I if I look at like who they were and where they were in the division, I've got to give it still to John Jones. And the, and the you know the nice thing is John Jones is still going to write his story. Let's say he defends. I mean, let's say he beats Stephen Miocic. He fights him. He beats him. Uh, and he walks away then, he has, he'll have defended the title. I mean, no question about it. I think it's close right now. Right now, I still have John Jones. John Jones is my GOAT. And and I know that the numbers say that, hey, that 264, or the 81% to the 80%. Um, but I just look at, like, hasn't lost any title fight. The only loss is the Matt Hamill loss, which I really don't even consider a loss. John Jones doesn't. Dana White doesn't. Uh, Matt Hamill, I'm sure he does consider that a loss. Uh, but John Jones, and that, but you could say like, oh, well, John Jones didn't look great in that fight. He lost to Dominic Reyes. Uh, Jordan, you were there on the front row. Eddie was there on the second row. You saw that, that Dominic Reyes beat him there. Sure, I did see that. But then also I look at Johnny Hendricks. Johnny Hendricks beat GSP. That fight should have gone to Johnny Hendricks. Um, and there was some, you know, dud performances sometimes in there for, for George St. Pierre. You look at the number of decisions uh, both these guys, you know, had decisions for a time. Um, you know, Johnny Hendricks, I mean, GSP had one, two, three, four, five, six, seven decisions in a row. John had one, two, three, four, four decisions in a row. Another time of three decisions in a row. I mean, yes, these guys both had decisions. They're both close. They're both great. Uh, if you have a Mount Rushmore, I put John Jones and, and I put uh, GSP on my Mount Rushmores. Uh, where, where, who I have after that, it gets a little bit more dicey. Uh, I'm not sure. So there it is. That's my debate. John Jones is the GOAT. Uh, and if we're going, obviously, no, no, we're not worrying about drug test. John Jones is the GOAT. All right. All right, we're back. Let's talk UFC 221. It was, uh, it was not UFC Fight Night 221. Uh, 
Peter Jan versus Marab Dvalashvili. Uh, this was good, man. Like, you know, I knew going into this fight that, that Marab was going to be a problem. Uh, I didn't know that, that Peter Jan was going to fall as much as he did. So if you, if you haven't heard now, uh, you should know Marab Dvalashvili, he defeats uh, Peter Jan by decision, 50-45 on all scorecards. Uh, the, the story of the fight, I mean, takedowns, 11 takedowns to one takedown. Um, you know, the strikes were, were much more, um, but I mean, you think about Piotr Jan, where he's come from, where he, you know, where does he go from here? Uh, we will definitely, we can talk about Marab Dvalashvili and what's next for him, but I, I want to talk about Piotr Jan. You go back to, P uh, Piotr Jan, he was the champion. I think I had him as the champion at the end of the year. I actually, I need, probably need to look to see if I have him as the champion at the end of this year, because I was, I was so high on Piotr Jan, uh, I mean, truth be told, I just sold, sent some cards to get graded. I, I think that I thought he was going to win this fight, and I thought that you know I could you know capitalize on on getting some good cards of his graded uh, for you know in, in the near future. That, that's obviously not going to work. But you go back now to the illegal knee that happened March 6, thousand twenty one against Aljamain Sterling. The illegal knee in the fourth round has really changed the trajectory of where. Uh, Piotr Jan has been. Since then, he defeated Corey Sanhagen after that. Uh, and that's really going to be telling what happens to Corey Sanhagen next week. How good is Corey Sanhagen? I, I you know, it, it does, I don't, I don't know if I, I question it, but I think about it, you know, he's, he's beat Song Yudong. He beat Frankie Edgar. He beat Marlon Marais. But if you look at like Corey Sanhagen, who, and he beat TJ Dillashaw, who you know, he's now out, who's now retired, or at least, you know, non-USADA tested retired. Uh, I, I think we really are going to determine uh, how good Corey Sanhagen really is. And it makes me feel like Marlon Vera is going to win that fight next week. But Peter Jan, he has the win over Corey Sanhagen. That was a decision win. He loses a split decision to Aljamain Sterling. He loses a split decision to Sean O'Malley. And then he loses the unanimous decision to Marab Devalashvili. We know that Peter Jan, after that fight with Sean O'Malley, had like threatened, like, hey, maybe I'll just leave the UFC if because uh, he didn't like the judging and he might have backtracked that a little bit, but he he's dropped down to fourth in the rankings. Marab has moved up uh, to number one in the rankings. Piotr Jan, I, he's got to get right. And and if you look at the rankings and what's out there for him, uh, he needs a get right fight. And and maybe that's a uh, you know Ricky Simone, a Song Yidong. Uh Maybe it's a. Gosh, I I wouldn't want him to go against Adrian Yanez. I know Adrian Yanez is fighting in a couple of weeks. I think is he fighting Ricky Simone? I'm trying to think who he's fighting. Uh, but you look at the guys who are at the bottom of the. Uh, I mean, maybe you put him against Rob Font. That's that's a fight. And I think Rob Font has fights as, as well. But I'm just looking at who's out there and who's available for him. Uh, Jonathan Martinez got a win on this fight, but Peter Yan needs to get right. Needs to get that mojo back and, and needs to figure out what's going on. And, and what's next for him? Uh, you look over and you flip over to Marab Devalishvili. He's a training partner of Aljamain Sterling. They've gone on record. He said, you know, after the fight, he still doesn't want to fight Aljamain Sterling. And, and Dana White, you know, cautioned him after the fight, said, hey, I've seen people go down this road before. It's a, it's a bad idea. Um, Marab moved up to number one in the division. And uh, so he jumped past Sean O'Malley. Aljamain Sterling, he's got a fight. Aljamain Sterling is fighting against Henry Cejudo, that's UFC 288, May 6th in Newark. So that fight is coming up in just a couple weeks, or a couple months, right? And so I don't think we really need to determine what's happening. I mean, Henry Cejudo could beat Aljamain Sterling. Uh, but I still think, you know, I, I definitely, if I was in the Sean O'Malley business, if I was in the UFC, knowing that I'm in the Sean O'Malley business, 
I would not put Sean O'Malley up against Marab to try to determine a number one contender. I would maybe look at the Cheeto Vera fight and uh, and maybe that fight goes against Marab. Uh, whoever wins Sanhagen versus uh, Cheeto, they fight Marab uh, to determine number one contender after Sean O'Malley gets the opportunity. There's no way that they're going to go back with a a uh, rematch if uh, if Aljamain loses. They're going to move on quickly from that. And I wouldn't be surprised at all if they, if they do Sean O'Malley versus Henry Cejudo next. And then Marab Davalashvili, if he, if he waits or if he does fight Cheeto Vera, either way, they're going, they have an opportunity to uh, to move forward. Uh, so I, I don't know. Dana White is kind of jumping the gun here. You know, let, let some things play out. And then we'll see. I mean, and, and if Aljamain wins all those, and you know, then they do have a decision to make. But I think if Marab, if he's not willing to fight Aljo, he's got to fight somebody. Uh, he just can't sit and wait forever until Aljamain Sterling loses or he decides to leave the division. What I would at least say is I'm going to wait until this fight on May 6th happens and uh, and we would go from there. So Marab Devalishvili, uh, very impressive. Uh, he looked good. And uh, in the end, he jumps up in the rankings. Uh, in the co-main event, you had Alexander Volkov versus Alexander Romanov. Uh, this was quick work, man. Alexander Volkov uh, defeats Alexander Romanov. Romanov, I think, came in heavier than usual. Did not look good. It, uh, not not good look getting off the bus by any means. Uh, Volkov, I, I, he sent a, a note, right, that, you know, I'm still here. This is an opportunity for him to say, look, I have I have not gone anywhere yet. And I think a lot of us have, have written off Volkov as we look at the era of John Jones, of Cyril Gaon. I mean, Francis Ngannou, obviously. Uh, Tom Aspinall. I know that Tom Aspinall has a win over Volkov. Um, but, you know, Volkov, this was a, uh, a good win and a win that he needed. He, you know, he's won two in a row now. Jarzinho Rosenstruck was before, and now Alexander Romanov. Uh, not sure where... You know, Romanov goes from here. He's lost two in a row, uh, Tybura and uh, and Tavolkov. Obviously, somewhere in the bottom of the uh, of the rankings. He uh, he came in this fight. He's actually he was ranked 14th. He's now you know he drops down to 15. Give him a uh, I mean, golly, Jalton Almeida, Chris Jalton Almeida. I don't love that. Uh, I don't like Derek Lewis fighting him either. I don't. I I think uh, you know, Derek Lewis. Love Derek Lewis, but I, I don't like that fight for him. I don't want to see him be a stepping stool for anybody. Maybe a Jolton Almeida. That, that, I like that fight as well. And then uh, I think the only other fight I wanted to mention off of this card, I guess Jonathan Martinez defeating Said uh, Nurmagomedov, uh, but Nikita Krylov versus Ryan Spann. Now, that was supposed to be the main event a few weeks ago. Krylov gets injured. Ryan Spann not happy. Uh, they end up doing that fight a couple weeks later. Uh, Krylov gets the submission win. He's sixth now in the division. Ryan Spann, who I thought was going, you know, he had that win over Anthony Smith not too long ago. Uh, I thought maybe he was going to go on a run, but uh, Nikita Krylov stops him. And uh, yeah, so yeah, he had, he had a win over, sorry, he lost Anthony Smith. He had the win over Dominic Reyes. We, that's what uh, I, I, I was meaning to say there. So he defeated Dominic Reyes in his last fight back in November. Uh, the guy who arguably beat John Jones, like we mentioned earlier, for uh, for the UFC light heavyweight title. And, uh, and so that... Um, you know, good win for Nikita Krylov. And uh, I don't want to anything, you know, anger for Ryan Spann going into that fight because of, you know, that fight getting delayed. Uh, I guess the other thing, only other thing, uh, Davy Grant defeated Rafael Asuncao after the fight. Asuncao retired. Uh, so congratulations on a, a career uh, for Rafael Asuncao. Uh, just flip over another retirement on, uh, on Friday and over the weekend, Bellator uh, Bellator 292, I believe you had the beginning of the feather or of the lightweight Grand Prix, and 
I mean, talk about a corner for uh, Umar Nurmagomedov. Uh, it was, uh, what is it, like Islam, Usman Nurmagomedov, and then you have, uh, maybe, it's, sorry, excuse me, Usman Nurmagomedov had Umar in his corner, had Islam in his corner, and uh, I mean, pretty pretty good corner right there. He defeats Benson Henderson. Benson Henderson retires after the fight, and um, I think also in this corner was Javier Mendez, uh, if I am correct on that one, uh, let me see who it was. It was yet Islam. Yeah. Islam Makachev, Islam Mamadov, Umar Nurmagomedov and Javier Mendez. They were in the, in Usman's corner on, uh, on Friday night. He defeats Benson Henderson in the first round of the Bellator grand, uh, flight, uh, lightweight grand prix. After the fight, Benson Henderson, he retires. He had said before, that he had made a decision that if he lost uh, one of his fights in this last contract, that he would retire. So he has two fights left on his contract. He decides to retire. Uh, Alexander Shabili defeats Tofik Musayev uh, in the uh, in the in the bracket as well. Uh, Litton Vassal defeats Valentin Moldovsky, and then Michael Venom Page uh, defeats Goiti Yamuchi. And that was ugly, man. That uh, that kick that he had to his knee. Don't love that. But I do want to just mention uh, Usman Nurmagomedov. Usman Nurmagomedov is just, I mean, getting better by the minute. You think about the light, uh, lightweight champion in the UFC, Islam Makachev, uh, the UFC, and then the lightweight champion in Bellator, both these guys that are kind of out of the same gym but train together. Uh, Usman is 17-0, and uh, wins over Benton Henderson, Patricky Pitbull. Um, I, it's interesting. I, I would like to obviously see him step up in competition. He's, he's not the very best that Bellator has, but you think about where would he fit in uh, with his skill set that he has. And, and I'm not going to sit here and debate if he's a top five. I've heard, I've heard other people do that. Um, I mean, I'd love to see him against someone like, you know, you look at Oliveira, Poirier, Gaethje, uh, Darius Chandler. Yeah, he probably could beat some of those guys, but I look at the guys after that, Fazeev, uh, Sarukian, Gamrot. Those are all guys that I, I hold in very high regard in the UFC lightweight division. It's this changing of the guard, right? And we're going to see these guys. Fazeev, he could be in the top five, Next week, he's fighting Justin Gaethje this weekend, and uh, and he very well could be in the top five by the end of uh, by the end of this week. So we will see what happens there, uh, guys. I think that is Bellator two ninety two. I'm trying to think if there's anything else I wanted to mention on that card. I don't think there is, uh, and that is UFC Fight Night two twenty one. And and to talk about the goat, guys. Uh, I'm gonna take a break, and I will be right back. All right, welcome back to Fight Night. Right here. Uh, we're not on 104.9 The Horn tonight. We will be back in a couple of weeks. Uh, but I just want to hit, before we flip over to Stu Myrick talking to Sean Merriman, just a couple bits of news. The first news is, so uh, Power Slap is over. The first season of Power Slap, it is not going to be coming back to TBS. So uh, I think Dana White has set up a, a it's going to be on Rumble in the future. So it's going to be exclusively on there. That's where the final was. Uh, but just letting you know, Power Slap is not coming back to follow AEW. But the real thing I wanted to mention as far as news that uh, that happened while I was gone, uh, BKFC. BKFC made some headlines. They are headed to uh, Colorado on Saturday, April 29th at the First Bank Center in Denver, Colorado. And uh, and they're bringing some, some big, big fights. Uh, so in the main event there, they actually signed Luke Rockhold. He's going to be fighting... 
uh, Platinum Mike Perry. So pretty exciting. That's a, that's a fun fight. Luke Rockhold was able to get out of his contract and uh, work with the UFC. That, that And he signed a kind of a, a one-fight deal with BKFC, but he has the option to continue on and fight with them if they both want to. They both kind of have the you know, right to refusal there. Uh, so that's the main event. And these guys have been going back and forth. Luke Rockhold said some, you know, these guys uh, are getting to the point where they don't like each other. It'll be interesting to see uh, how this works. I mean, BKFC obviously different, uh, fighting without the gloves, and and you gotta you know you gotta toughen your hands up as well. Uh, in the co-main event though, you have Eddie Alvarez. He's signing from uh, he's coming back from from one. He's gonna be fighting Chad Mendez. Chad Mendez is one and zero in uh, in BKFC, and uh, and Eddie Alvarez is gonna be making his debut. So some pretty big signings for BKFC. You've got uh, Eddie Alvarez and Luke Rockhold, both former UFC champions, actually, coming over. So uh, I, I love the fights. I love that uh, BKFC is going out and getting these kind of fighters, and uh, it, it should be f- some fun. So uh, that is the big news. But let's get over Stu Myrick talking to Sean Merriman about Lights Out and his promotion uh, coming back from the, uh, from the Super Bowl. So uh, here we go. It's the Horn at Super Bowl 57 Radio Row here in Phoenix. Stu Myrick anchoring the coverage from Radio Row. It is Wednesday. It's popping. It's happening. All sorts of luminaries, dignitaries, celebrities. That includes my guest this time, former three-time Pro Bowl linebacker, one of the best to play that position, Uh, played for the Chargers, played for the Bills, Sean Merriman, and now – He's with MMA. Yeah. You got an MMA promotion. Talk about it. I do. Lights Out Extreme fighting uh, now on Fubo TV, Fubo Sports. Uh, we just had a, a huge fight January 14th in Riverside, California, and we moved into the top 10 uh, most watched on Fubo Sports ever. So that was pretty cool for us. Got a big fight coming up in, um, in April uh, in Los Angeles. But I've been, been looking at Texas a lot, man. I'm, I'm looking at you know, some spots in San Antonio. Yeah. We'd love to bring a fight down to San Antonio and Dallas. Uh, but Texas is definitely a hotbed for, for a lot of MMA fighters and a lot of fight fans as well. It is. And, and MMA has grown so much over the last several years, you know, with UFC and all the different Bellator. And then a lot of the different, uh, you look at uh, things like Extreme Knockout. You look at um, uh, Fury Fighting and, and some of the different ones. Uh, how, what were the challenges of creating your own MMA promotion? Well, I think it's for one, um, you know, being a former athlete, I think that helped me out a lot, right? And, I, and, and selfishly, I get a chance to train with a lot of these guys. That's mm-hmm. why I, you know, stay in shape and stay disciplined. Um, but I think that uh, it's really just a promotion. And obviously, being on football sports helped out a lot, uh, football TV, because these, uh, these upcoming fighters are looking for opportunity to fight and have a, have a chance to, um, to showcase their talent. Because they, believe it or not, there's not a lot of quality production, quality promotions out there that's giving these guys a legitimate shot to go out and showcase their talent. So I've been around the sport for 17 years, even though I was just training during the offseason, launching Lights Out Extreme Fight in 2018. So we're just looking to give these shots and some former athletes that are transitioning over from, you know, football and rugby and some baseball players are now looking at MMA to transition into Lights Out Extreme Fighting. Well, and, and that was kind of the, my next thing because, like, you know, so I'm a pro wrestling guy. So I, and I know you spent time with the Performance Center in the I WWE, did, WWE Performance WWE, Center. Yeah. Um, you know, attracting fighters to your league, uh, and you're talking about you know athletes, whether baseball, football, whatever, to try to transition MMA. 
the training is there. I I can see that some of the conditioning, but there is a different conditioning. It is to get into a cage and and use those use those skills in a fight. Yeah, no no question about it. Um, you know, I remember my first day uh, going out and training. It was with Randy Couture. My very first day learning anything with MMA was with Randy Couture. Um, and then the next day I started training, and I, I got taken down by a 185-pound uh, NCAA mm-hmm. wrestler. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I could not figure out why the hell I couldn't get up. He was so skilled. He, he was a champion. Um, and then that just made me want to learn more because I wanted to get better with jiu-jitsu. Well, I wanted to get better with the sport. Um, but it's, it's definitely uh, uh, different, but there's some, there's some similarities yeah. too. You know, uh, football players are some of the most disciplined people on the co- in, the, in the planet um, right. with learning how to uh, go to practice and be on time and, and, and be able to overcome a certain obstacle. So there's a, lot of, there's a lot of great transitioning facts there. Okay. Okay, and that makes sense. Um, it's, you, you now have clearance with Fubo TV, and, and there is so much MMA content out there now. UFC, it seems like – seems like every three weeks they've got a card on ESPN Plus or whatever. And it feels feels like a lot of fighters might get kind of lost in the shuffle. It's, it's, they're kind of muddled in there. Um, what is it about uh, uh, Light Side Extreme that's going to kind of set itself apart from – from other MMA leagues, yeah. One, we, we have a uh, we have a huge amateur card even on the next fight. You know, we have not only pros, but we also have amateur. Um, and my my ability to you know kind of reach a different platform because my platform is really built in the NFL. Yeah, you know, it's the reason why why I'm here. And so we're almost at a different promotion of media as well. So we we, we love the MMA media. We we love having that uh, the MMA junkies of the world and MMA news and all that stuff. We love that. Um, but, you know, being able to be here at the Super Bowl talking about MMA, I mean, that, for me personally, it, that's, I'm, I'm having the best time even being here because there's very few people who can come on Radio Row here and talk to you guys on the biggest platform, which is the NFL in this country, but also mm-hmm. get a chance to talk about Lights Out Extreme Fighting. Okay. All right. How, how do folks find out more about Lights Out Extreme? Yep. yep. If you uh, check us out on Fubo TV, Fubo Sports, if you don't have Fubo, get it. we got some big announcements coming. Uh, and it's going to be exclusively on Fubo. Also, check us out at lightsoutxf.com. He is Sean Merriman, a three-time pro bowler, one of the best to ever play linebacker. Likes at, lights out extreme fighting. Catch it on Fubo TV, Fubo Sports. Sean, thank you so much, man. Thanks, man. Appreciate, Appreciate it. to have me. Absolutely. Appreciate I can't it. wait to get a fight out there in Texas. Nice. All right. Thank you, Stu. Appreciate that. And uh, you can listen to, still listen to all of his interviews that he did. He actually talked to Ryan Bader as well. Uh, that was right after the uh, the Fedor fight. So uh, just a couple of new fights for you. We mentioned the, the Bantamweight title at uh, UFC 288, uh, Aljamain Sterling versus Henry Cejudo. Also on that fight card, you got Kron Gracie versus Charles Jordan. Uh, you got Andre Petrowski versus Armin Petrosian. Uh, Devin Clark versus Kennedy Neshikuwu. And then Jessica Andrade jumped right back in there against Jan Shionan. Uh, Bellator 295 in Hawaii. You got Ray Borg versus Kyoji Horiguchi. Uh, Danny Sabatello's fighting Marcus Breno. Uh, I do like Danny Sabatello fighting. So that is new fights. So let's talk UFC 286 now. Uh, UFC 286, back in London, the UFC was not going to go to London this year. Uh, but Leon Edwards changed their plans. He knew that, uh, you know, I mean, by winning the belt, uh, especially the emphatic way that he did, he had to, the UFC had to make a decision to go back to to London. And what's interesting is they're going back this time. They're not going with Patty. They're not going with, I don't believe Molly's on this fight card. So Molly Meatball, 
they're not going with Tom Aspinall. He is still injured, even though he says he's ready to go. And uh, but they're they're not going with like the typical uh, those you know those three headlining people that they've gone in the past. What they are going with is a UFC welterweight champion, which is going to be a great mo- no Darren Till obviously Darren Till out of the UFC right now uh, is going to be a great moment when uh, Leon Edwards gets in there when he comes out when he I, I wish you know like WWE I love it how they come out with the belt like that's what they should be doing like he should be carrying the belt with him when he walks out like that is going to blow the roof off of that so uh, this is the trilogy fight Usman won the first fight uh, Leon I mean Leon it took him forever to get back there. Uh, I, I, what, what did he win? Like he had to win like 11 fights or something. Uh, he had that no contest. So he was 10 and three when he fought uh, after fighting Kamaru. And then he is uh, 20 and three. He had that no contest against Bilal Muhammad for the ax and the lie poke. Uh, he fought Nate Diaz. He fought, I mean, really, he fought everyone along the way uh, to get back to that title shot. They fought back in August in Salt Lake. Fifth round, four minutes and four seconds. Head kick, bang. Uh, and if you haven't seen the promo that the UFC is, is running, I think maybe BT Sport created it. Uh, it's awesome. It is so good uh, for like just the emotional like feeling that his corner saying like you've got to do it, Leon. You've you've got to fight. You're lo-. and then Joe Rogan like I guess he's you know he's happy just losing a decision here. He's just happy to be here. And then the head kick heard around the world that put him down. That put Kamar Usman out. Uh, the walk off head kick KO. Leon Edwards becomes the champion and they're running this one back. And obviously, you know, Kamar Usman has been a great champion uh, in the division. He was easily the top of our pound for pound list going to that fight. John Jones had been gone. Khabib was still kind of, he was there, but Kamaru was like, he was him, right? He was the truth. He won. He defeated Tyron Woodley. Then he defeated Colby Covington, Jorge Masvidal, Gilbert Burns, Masvidal again, Colby Covington again. And then he loses to Leon Edwards. And uh, I don't want to say like if Kobe, if, if Kamara Usman comes out and he dominates him and, and wins a, a you know wins a TKO wins it wins like a close decision then you know Leon Edwards validated. But if he just comes out if Usman comes out and dominates him, you can't take the belt away like the the fact that he won and he had the belt and he was the title. But it is going to diminish it, right? It is going to take it down a notch of just this moment that was. And uh, that's unfortunate, right? Because you'd like to see Leon Edwards, you know, walk out of London where he is the champion again. And and you have that moment where if he does win again, like that, that's going to be incredible to be in that arena. Uh, I wish I was there. I'm not going to be there, but uh, it, it would be incredible. But Kamar Usman, for how good he is, the one question you have is this fight happened in August and he got knocked out cold in August. That's not that long ago, uh, you know, what, six, seven, eight months, eight months ago. And and while he's he's healed from that, what is the repercussion? What is the mental f- process to get over that, to be able to move on, to be able to not think about that and, and not have that kind of lingering in the back of your mind to watch out for that leg kick or which that might open you up for something else. And so obviously there's the, the mental uh, side that Kamar Usman is going to have to overcome. And, and we'll see what happens. I mean, obviously they fought before at Salt Lake. It is at elevation. It's a much different fight. And so fighting in London, I'm not sure what the elevation there is, uh, but it will, uh, it will be, it will be very interesting. Um, uh, gosh, if you had to, I would love to see Leon Edwards come out and, and win that fight again. 
Uh, I got to think that Kamar Usman is going to uh, get the win at the end of the day. Um, in the co-main event, you got Hafael Fazeev versus Justin Gaethje. I have been high on Fazeev for a while. Uh, I, I've been saying, you know, he's 12-1. and one. He lost to uh, Magomed Mustafaev. That was back in his UFC debut. It was, uh, he got hit by a spinning back kick and punches. This is the guy, like the Matrix. If you watch like highlights, it's like him like bending backwards like uh, Neo from the Matrix. Uh, since then, he's got wins over Alex White, Mark Diakesi, Hinato Moicano, Money Moicano, Bobby Green, Brad Riddell, and then Rafael Dos Anjos. Finished Dos Anjos. Justin Gaethje, obviously the highlight, but, you know, you look at him. He has, you know, lost to Charles Oliveira. He defeated Michael Chandler. He lost to Khabib. And then he had wins over Tony Ferguson, Donald Cerrone, Edson Barbosa, James Vick. Uh, he, he lost to Poirier and Alvarez, and he did defeat uh, Michael Jones. It's crazy. He's been in the UFC for since 2017. It's crazy to think that uh, Justin Gaethje has been in there that long. Uh, but, I mean, I... I I love that fight, and I, I want to see Fazeev win because I think Fazeev is so good. Uh, truth be told, I have some cards of Fazeev right now. At uh, Maybe that's the curse. Let's hope that's not the curse that, that's happening. Um, but I've got some cards for him because I, I, I do think that he is somebody that is a future title contender, uh, and, and I, I think that this is a great matchup for him. I, I have him winning this fight against Justin Gage. This, this has got to be fight of the night written all over it. Uh, also on the cards, you got Jennifer Maya versus a returning Casey O'Neill. Uh, Marvin Vittori versus Roman Delice. I think that's a great fight that, that people aren't really talking about at all. Uh, Roman Delice, in his last fight, he defeated Jack Hermanson. Before that, Phil Haas, Kyle Dacus. Uh Marvin Vittori, obviously, uh, he's you know he has that loss over Robert Whitaker. That was back in September. Uh, and then Paulo Costa. Then you know almost you know t- almost two years ago, he was fighting for a title against Israel Adesanya. Uh, that's a fun fight. Jack Shore coming off loss. He's making his featherweight debut. He's fighting Makwan Americani. Uh, Mohammed Mokayev, who who has proclaimed that he is going to be the youngest uh, champion, uh, you know, he's 22 years old right now. Um, actually, I don't know if he said that. If he it did say that he's going to be the youngest, fight. I can't think about where John Jones was. Um, but he's someone that's on a. Uh, he has he's got one no contest. It was an accidental groin kick, uh, but he has, um, you know, he's been in the UFC. He's got three fights, two uh, a, a submission in the first fight. Real quick. A decision a second, and then an arm bar um, over Malcolm Gordon. He's someone that uh, I like. Uh, he's a big favorite going into this fight as well. Leron, uh, Leron Murphy, another rookie, another guy that is uh, a, a good prospect. Uh, this is a fun fight, man. I, I, Casey O'Neill, that's that's the one I, I'm interested in seeing. Casey O'Neill, I thought she was supposed to come back, and then she hurt her knee again. Uh, she fought last. She defeated Roxanne Modafferi back in February of 2022. And Antonina Shevchenko, she's got wins over. Uh, she's someone who's a, a, a top prospect as well. I'm obviously looking forward to seeing. Uh, yeah, she was supposed to face um, Jessica I. That was back at UFC 276, but she tore ACL. So that, that's why we haven't seen her um, since February of 2022. So Casey O'Neill, that is a fun fight as well. You know, let, let's actually, let's call, let's call Eddie Cross. I don't know if Eddie will answer the phone. But we could definitely try. I want to. I want to ask a couple questions for him. But I also. I also want to get his pick on. Uh, I think I know where he's going to go. But let me try to give him a call. We'll see if he picks up the phone. He just got off the cruise. I think he's still in Miami right now. So we will see. The phone is still ringing. Let's see. Order? There he is, joining us live on the Vaqueros Cafe and Cantina Hotline. Eddie Cross, fresh off the cruise. Eddie, how are you? 
Man, what are you doing to me? How are you? Are you good? It's hard to return to the real world, man. Good. Was it a good cruise? That was great. All right. I, I want to hear all about it next week, but I, I want to wait. I, I got I got just two questions for you. So join us right now for my favorite part of two questions with Eddie Cross. Eddie. Eddie. Eddie, Eddie, Eddie. I got two questions for you, Eddie. All right, Eddie. Number one. What is the color of your energy? <laughs> At the moment, I'm going to go gray, but normally it's amber. Amber, that is correct. Amber is the color of your energy. For a bonus question right here, how many times did you hear that song get played on the cruise? Only once. Only once. That's incredible. All right, next question. Yeah. Are you and lead singer from 311, Nick Hexum? That, that's the lead singer, right? Yeah. Are you guys best friends now? You know, we're pals. I, I may be the only person in history to get him to throw up a hook'em, considering he's from Nebraska. Did he do it on this trip? I think I think I've heard you tell the story before. Did it happen on this trip? Last trip. Okay, so that doesn't count. Okay, all right. So there, there's my two questions with Eddie Cross. Real quick, the people want to know. I think I know where you're going on this, though, and I don't want to take too much of your time, Eddie. Who is going to win this weekend, Kamara Usman or Leon Edwards? Which way are you leaning? Usman by TKO. I figured you would. Ground and pound. Early? Does he make a statement? Uh, third or fourth. Okay, okay. So this this goes on. Uh, and just for, for fun, since I got you here, Gaethje versus Fazeev. Ooh. I'm going to go Fazeev. Gaethje gets too wild. All right. Well, hey, Eddie, thank you so much, man. Get back to relax. I know you've got, you're still on vacation, so I will let you relax. Thanks, for, thanks for picking up. And uh, we'll talk next week. All right, man. <laughs> Peace out. All right, thank you to Eddie Cross for really picking up the phone right there. So, guys, enjoy UFC 286. I will be back next week with uh, with Eddie Cross and appreciate the time. I know it was just me, and, and that could be difficult to listen to. I hope hope it wasn't terrible. Uh, follow us at Fight Night ATX on Twitter, on Facebook, on Instagram, and uh, keep safe, be nice to each other. And if we ever didn't thank you, let it let us do it now. Have a great night. We will see you next week. Happy trails to you. Till we meet again.